Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom and thank you for joining me to yet another episode of Editor's Note. I'm Jonathan Hassan and joining me as well here at the studio is my dear friend and colleague, Yair Pinto. Yair, how about we open today's program with prayer and then dive into today's topic? Yes, Jonathan, it's great to be here. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you that you are faithful to your word. Thank you for Israel's 73rd Independence Day. Thank you for being faithful to the state of Israel and through them showing us and the whole world that you are faithful to each and every one of us. Bless this program. Bless Jonathan. Bless our viewers back at home. B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen. So Jonathan, last Thursday was Israel's 73rd Independence Day and uh, what a celebration. We're in the streets. It was really nice. You know, we did work during that day, but after work, we went and celebrated mm. with the rest of the state. So what can you tell us about, you know, this specific Independence Day and what brought about in, in history and in the Bible brought us to this day? What a preordained miracle is it? Not, I, I mean, just to, to go through Scripture and... and to read the various scriptures, the various prophecies, the various indications of how Jerusalem is going to appear once the Lord calls his people back to Israel. And it's one for one, just baffling uh, to, to read it. How about we do it immediately? The 73rd Independence Day of Israel, we'll start with Ezekiel 36, 8 to 12, mm-hmm. which says the following. Thus said the Lord God, you, O mount, uh, mountains of Israel, shall yield your pro- uh, produce and bear your fruit for my people Israel, for their return is near. For I will care for you. I will turn to you, and you shall be tilled and sown. I will settle a large population on you, the whole house of Israel. The towns shall be resettled, and the ruined sites rebuilt. I will multiply men and beasts upon you, and they shall increase and be fertile. And I will resettle you as you were formerly. I will make you more prosperous than you were at first." And you shall know that I am the Lord. I will lead my people Israel to you, and they shall possess you. You shall be their heritage, and you shall not again cause them to be bereaved. Wow. Ezekiel 36, 8, 12. Praise God for (laughs) those words. I mean, what a miracle. Uh, But how about we continue to read? And this is quite amazing. On the 14th of May... 1948, the state of Israel was proclaimed. However, Israel, of course, commemorates based on the Hebrew calendar, Mm -hmm. and therefore we're doing it now, um, uh, or last week on Thursday. Mm -hmm. uh, And uh, that's sometimes tricky for people to remember. Wait, there are two different calendars. There are plenty of other calendars as well, but this is the one that Israel uh, observes. And uh, I'd like to continue to read just a few words Mm -hmm. uh, with regard to the 14th of May, 1948, in context Mm -hmm. to Ezekiel 36, 8 and 12, uh, 212. The book of Ezekiel contains a dual prophecy to the people of Israel. In its first part, God tells the Jewish people that the land assigned to them will remain desolate as long as it is occupied by strangers and they remain in exile. And so it was a bleak, barren, undeveloped land for over 2,000 years. In the second half of the prophecy, God describes the signs of the incipient redemption 
how the land would appear just before the Jewish people would return forever. This part of the promise, too, began to come true during the decades preceding the establishment of the Jewish state in Eretz Israel. This is the state of Israel preferred to, uh, to in a Jewish prayer as the first flowering of our redemption from the deep sleep of oblivion in the absence of its sons and daughters, the land finally awakened. On May 14, 1948, the state of Israel was declared in God's promise that the Jewish people would again be sovereign in their land was fulfilled. The long anticipation, the pain, and the yearning merged into that old new entity, an independent Jewish state in the Jewish homeland. The new state of Israel marked the end of the 2,000-year-old exile. Now, everything I read from the first words of Ezekiel 36, 8 to 12, mm -hmm. until the last point where Israel marked the end of the 2,000-year-old exile, mm -hmm. this is the official document of the foreign ministry of Israel. Amazing. Okay? They are adamant on making sure that whatever is documented and the legal claims Israel has over the land mm -hmm. are biblical. Based on the Bible and... and Not the, only the on the Bible, on prophecy, yeah. nonetheless. <laughs> so it's amazing to read, it's amazing to see, and uh, some people don't know this, but uh, the modern-day prophet of Israel, regarded as such by the government, by the prime minister, by everyone surrounding that, uh, Theodore Herzl, who said, Im enzo agada, if yeah. you would want, this won't be a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. This is possible. And those are the latter years of uh, the 19th century. We're talking about 1880s, uh, 90s, uh, yeah. and such. But one of the things that many people don't know, that Theodore Herzl actually believed in Jesus. When his family the, the, passed on and uh, the state of Israel wanted to bring the bones of mm -hmm. the family to be buried together with their father and, and husband, um, the ultra-Orthodox community here in Israel objected because they said they're not Jewish. They, they converted to Christianity. So they wouldn't bury them in a Jewish cemetery. Exactly. So they didn't want to bury them in a Jewish cemetery at the time. And uh, it's actually quite interesting. In, in 1892, Theodore Herzl wrote that it would be better for all Jews to convert to Christianity. In a letter to Moritz Benedict, who was a German mathematician, uh, he wrote the following. I have a son. I would rather convert to Christianity today or tomorrow so that his period of membership in Christianity begins as early as possible, but I cannot do so for two reasons. He says the first, I will hurt my father, and the second reason, I cannot abandon Judaism as long as there is hostility towards it. Mm -hmm. We must first create a state to, uh, of tolerance and then transfer all the Jews as one body to Christianity. Mm -hmm. Now, in his wording, of course, in German, this is a, a rough translation into um, English, but it is more about knowing Christ, about unveiling who the Messiah is to the Jewish people, and he was convicted about that, mm -hmm. and uh, to a certain degree also alienated because of it in certain fora of the Jewish communities in, in Basel, Vienna, and so on. So you say that uh, Theodor Herzl believed that uh, the 
the Messiah that was prophesied in the Bible is Jesus, Yeshua. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's chronicled in his documents. It's chronicled in his letters to his mm -hmm. friends, to his colleagues, to uh, various people. Uh, he had other ideas as well. Yeah. He, he also wanted all... Uh, Israelis to speak German rather than Hebrew. Okay. Uh, but uh, his uh, imagination or his prophecy didn't go as far as realizing that the Hebrew language will also uh, yeah, become be revived. New, yes. be revived. But uh, it's amazing to see that throughout the inception of the state of Israel. So my my family, as you know, they, they were here uh, for thousands of years. Uh, of course, recorded since. Uh, the the last or the earliest recording of the various population in Israel in the modern age were in uh, 1087, mm -hmm. and uh, during that uh, period they were landowners. So they they owned uh, about between two and a half to seven mountains in mm -hmm. the Galilee, the area of Carmiel and, and the areas surrounding that, and. During the, the uh, period of time, just to, to give something interesting, um, they lost a lot of the land after the Ottomans took over. So the Ottomans captured uh, Bilad Sham or uh, Al Damask mm -hmm. from the Mamluks, which is uh, the Levant, mm -hmm. uh, in, eight, uh, in 1517. And after they conquered, they started to create districts under the Ottoman Empire. Every district has its own mm -hmm. ruler, his own uh, representative of the uh, sultanate, and, and so on and so forth. Now, before the Arab revolt that turned the inhabitants of the land, it weren't only Arabs, it were Jews, Druze, uh, mm -hmm. whatever you had here on the land, um, to turn and on the Ottoman Empire and support the British was because of an appropriation act in the 19th century, which brought about the Ottomans to start taking away, confiscating lands that are not cultivated against people suspected of not supporting the Ottoman Empire. Okay. Okay, so many of the landowners started losing lands, and when we're talking about land, this land is sacred. Mm -hmm. This is the land our forefathers fought for, and uh, the, the earth is full of, of our lineage's blood, uh, if you will. So suddenly they, they started confiscating the lands. And what happened? They turned to the British. They said, mm -hmm. okay, we're going to support the British. In the Arab Revolt, of course, there is the whole uh, um, movies about Lawrence of Arabia and, and various things of, of that time. Yeah. But my my grandfather, my late grandfather, mm -hmm. was actually the commander of one of the reconnaissance forces in the Transjordan during the British Mandate. Mm -hmm. uh, the village my father comes from, Rama, which is also mentioned in the Bible, was the first village to receive from the British self-governance, creating a council because of their support. vehement support to the Brits to remove the um, the Ottomans. Now, this also shows one problem in this whole situation. Okay. The people they were uh, that today are referred to as Palestinians. Yes. Okay. They were the majority of them were working the lands of my forefathers and people like him who owned the lands. Mm -hmm. So those who today try to claim 
ownership over something that they cultivated for us is a little bit contradictory so they to... they were never owners of the land. The majority of them were never owners. They were cultivating the lands for the landlords mm -hmm. who basically gave them portions of the yield. Uh, and then uh, that way they, they basically sufficed their living needs yeah. and allowed them, of course, to be in, in better conditions than... Uh, what was possible in the land of Israel, mm -hmm. because the majority of the land of Israel was barren. The majority of the land of Israel was very problematic, especially in the south. The north was, you know, green and beautiful as, as always, but uh, it was very different. Now, the south is there's a desert, so... Absolutely, absolutely. Now, uh, you also had the opportunity to sit with my father and, and to hear some stories from the inception of the state of Israel. Um, and... The amazing part of that was that he actually worked for the chief advisor of Ben Gurion. Mm -hmm. So going through the documents, communicating with them, he always used to say that the wife of Ben Gurion used to call the office to say, okay, close the, the window behind his back so he doesn't get a cold. Exactly. I remember that so story. <laughs> this, this was something that happened over and over again. But Jerusalem was completely different. Living in Jerusalem in, in the late 40s yeah. and early 50s uh, and 60s, of course, and so on. But uh, one amazing thing is, if you go through the various documents that Ben-Gurion wrote, mm -hmm. every significant decision he made, he always went back to the prophets to say, for it was written, so-and-so. Okay. And therefore, we should consider this action. So he always went to biblical prophecy to substantiate his vision to mm -hmm. substantiate his claim, to dis, uh, substantiate his decision-making. Why? Because prophecy was the only legal claim the Jewish people have. Even though he was very Israel. secular. Very secular. Right? Absolutely. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But let's go to the next point and Zechariah, mm -hmm. the, the chapter of Zechariah 2, verses 1 to 12, which, uh, of course, give us a clear understanding beyond uh, Ezekiel 36, 8 to 12 of how things are happening here mm -hmm. and how the Lord God still wants or has claim for the city Jerusalem. And this is quite interesting to, to read. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> it says the following from uh, verse... One, then I raised my eyes and looked, and behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. So I said, where are you going? And he said to me, to measure Jerusalem, to see what its width and what its length. And there was the angel who talked to me, going out, and another angel was coming out to meet him, who said to him, run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls because of the magnitude of man and livestock in it. For I say the Lord, uh, so for I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire all around her, and I will be the glory in her midst. Up, up, flee from the land of the north, says the Lord, for I have spread you abroad like the four winds of heaven, says the Lord. Up Zion, escape, you who dwell with the daughter of Babylon. 
For thus says the Lord of hosts, He sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. For he, he who torches you torches the apple of his eye. For surely I will shake my head against them, and they shall become spoil for their servants. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion. For behold, I am coming, and I will dwell in your midst, says the Lord. Many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day, and they shall become my people, and I will dwell in your midst. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you, and the Lord will take possession of Judah as his inheritance in the holy land, and will again choose Jerusalem. Amazing. And uh, something even more amazing is many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that in general, all the prophecies about Israel are God's way of, you know, putting his banner for all the nations around the world to really follow him and uh, see his faithfulness mm. and his greatness. Because at the end of all these um, prophecies and verses, God says, that they will know that I am God. So it's his way to use a small state of Israel in order to be in, like his banner for the nations of the earth. You know, it, it's quite intriguing to realize mm -hmm. that the support of the body of Christ for the state of Israel is and should be profound. For several reasons. Mm -hmm. The Brits to date, yeah. the United Kingdom, the, the uh, different people also when Winston Churchill, when, when he was the secretary of the colonies, visited Israel, uh, the land uh, of Israel actually uh, traveled uh, to Augusta Victoria, I think it was 1926 or 7, mm -hmm. and he met with uh, Amir Abdullah, the grandfather, great-grandfather of the current king, Abdullah II. Mm -hmm. King of Jordan. King of Jordan. They met together in Jerusalem because uh, the king, uh, the Amir at the time of the Transjordan, it wasn't yet the Transjordan at the mm -hmm. time, he was heading about 1,200 to 2,000 troops en route to Damascus mm -hmm. to attack the French because of killing his brother at the time in Damascus. So Britain, who wanted to protect their French allies uh, after World War I, said to the Amir, come here and let's discuss your spoils. What are we going to give you? Mm -hmm. Because they offered him at the beginning to be the king of Iraq. He refused, so they gave it to his brother. Mm -hmm. Then they offered him other plot. He refused. And anyway, it was uh, an ongoing discussion. And when the Amir discussed various things with uh, Winston Churchill, mm -hmm. according to Chronicles, he tried to convince him to abandon his promise to the Jews. Okay. And one of the sentences that was written there was that Winston Churchill turned to him from a more pleasant tone to a more stiff tone mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and uh, said the following. The state of the Jews will uh, be conceived because uh, of things you do not understand. I, I am trying to say it correctly, but this is a phrase of, of the quote. So he basically told him that you don't understand what you're dealing with. And that's why the state of Israel will be established as planned and according to various chronicles, including things that were acknowledged by the founders of Israel, it is the Christian believers in government, the various lords and, and uh, leaders who were uh, moving in order to help the Jews establish a land for the fulfillment of prophecy. Really? In his government? In the British government. Okay. So it was the uh, Protestant at the time, the Anglican Church, who ver- was very strong towards it. Mm-hmm. As you remember, also Christ Church uh, here in the old city of Jerusalem is uh, uh, the pro-Israeli one. Okay, so <laughs> England today is a lot more politically correct than it, what it used to be. So you have Christ Church for the pro-Israelis. And then you have St. George's Church, uh, which is also an Anglican church, which is more pro-Palestinian. So they divided the two in order to avoid any uh, political aspects Mm -hmm. of this. But uh, time and again, we see the different leaders, Christian leaders, coming out and standing with the state of Israel. Why? Because Israel signifies the fulfillment of the word of God. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. I actually have have a Bible verse that uh, that uh, shows that God is using Israel as His banner. So, if you could please follow me in Isaiah eleven verse twelve, uh, eleven and twelve. It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set His hand again the second time to recover the remnant of His people who are left from Assyria and Egypt, from Patos and Cush from Elam and Shinar, from Hamath and the islands of the sea, he will set up a banner for the nations and will assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Amen. 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 You know, it's it's amazing. But every time we see, also when, um, if you go to Kings 1, mm-hmm. uh, 1 Kings 11, Verse 32, or actually we'll, we'll read verse 31. Um, I will actually go backwards. So we have context and we have about four and a half minutes left. So we'll try to go through this. So now it, uh, in, in this specific uh, scripture, 1 Kings 11, 30 to 40, prophet uh, Echiah, the Shilonite, meets Yeroboam, who is a servant of the king uh, Solomon, uh, who at the time was rebelling against his master, Mm -hmm. uh, the son of David, uh, for various reasons. And uh, if we start by 29, it says the following. Now, it has happened at the time, at that time, when Yeroboam went out of Jerusalem that the prophet Echiah the Shilonite met him on the way, and he had clothed him 
with a new garment, and the two were alone in the field. Then Achiah took hold of the new garment that was on him and tore it into twelve pieces. And he said to Yerovam, Take your ten, uh, yourself ten pieces, for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I will tear the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon and will give ten tribes to you. But he shall have one tribe for the sake of my servant David. Mm-hmm. And for the sake of Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. Now, why did he do that? Because they have forsaken me and worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of Sidonians, Chemosh, the god of the Moabites, the Milcom, the god of the people of Ammon, and have not walked in my ways to do what is right in my eyes and keep my statutes and my judgments as did his father David. However, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand because I have made him ruler all the days of his life for the sake of my servant David, whom I chose because he kept my commandments and my statutes. Now, the amazing part here is God keeps a remnant. Mm -hmm. One tribe out of the 12 tribes, even though he gave them uh, the uh, Yerovam 10 tribes out of the 12, he will keep one tribe. The question mm-hmm. is, where's the other? The other is the Levites. No, I not have. Um, but the, the interesting part here is that God kept the house of David alive, giving him the strongest tribe, the tribe of Judah, to protect him in order for prophecy still to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And who came out of the line of David, if not our Lord and Savior, Yeshua. Jesus Christ? Yeah, Yeshua Mashiach. It's amazing, I think, that God has a plan. He keeps his word. And there is also consequences to our actions. Mm-hmm. So they did bad things. They forsaken him. They worshipped uh, idols. And they suffered consequences. But God is still faithful. And more so, he's also faithful to the actions of our father mm-hmm. and to the actions of our grandparents and, and uh, lineage. So we need to pray always to remember that our actions will also impact our children. Exactly. And we need to give ourselves to the Lord. By doing so, by believing in Yeshua and, and um, believing in his redemption for, uh, for our sins. Mm-hmm. We're allowing him to purify us, to cleanse us, and to cleanse also our lineage for our children and our children's children. So this is very significant and very important. Now we have uh, just a few seconds left. Um, so I'll close quickly in prayer. Thank you, Yair, Thank for you, being Jonathan. part of today's discussion. Today. Indeed. And I, I'd like to ask you to join us. Uh, thank you, Lord, for your word and that your word is everlasting. Thank you for our brothers and sisters at home, whoever joined us for today's program and for your ear and all of the staff here at TV7. Father, we pray that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that all of our actions, all of our words will be manifested uh, by your will and by your hands, that we may execute your will and according to your plan. We give you all praise and thank you for this miracle called Israel. And we ask for your peace and salvation to be upon this land. 
in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much for being part of our program today, and we're looking forward to the next. Shalom, and until then. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.